I've hit the button. This is going out to the entire internet. Is there anything you want to tell the people, Cap? Penis. No! No, I gotta, I gotta start the button. God damn it. Can't do that. What's wrong with penis? A um, medical term. It, it is. I, uh, they're, I don't know. They're kind of gross. They're kind of cool. They're kind of gross. <laughs> it's Joey's thoughts. <laughs> it, would be, it would be fun. If we're just so lazy, we cut the episode there. It's literally 30 seconds. That's great. That'd be great. It'd give me more time to, to pack because I'm going to the major tomorrow. Uh, you're That's going, what I'm doing. You're going to the major tomorrow. When when do you when do you get to LAX? You got like an early flight? No, no. My flight leaves at two p.m. So I'll get there a little past noon. Is that direct and, to Stockholm? Uh, no. Stockholm doesn't seem to have any direct flights from LAX. Mm. Maybe they used to before COVID. I'm not sure, but uh, always I always go through Amsterdam. So. So, yeah. Oh, so, th- so that means you're on like that really legit KLM flight, right? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, t- I take I take the LAX to Amsterdam a lot because <laughs> Amsterdam is the hub for anywhere you want to go in Europe. So that's true. I'm I'm getting on one of those in June. I'm sad that I'm missing the major, but I'm happy to be going to Europe and like going to have some fun. But uh, it looks like I am excited for the major because I just watched the boys uh, come back and beat Tundra today, which feels like a good like a good omen. Like there might be a, like there might be a good major in 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 front of us. Or maybe they uh, popped a little early. But no, no I, I think maybe you're, hit their stride a little bit too early. You're just no. playing. You're you're just playing devil's advocate. You're trying to create a conversation. You know just as well as I do that basically this means that we have confirmed won a major already without any problems or issues. Um, <laughs> I got I got paid money to give mine top four, and Liquid was not in it. Granted, my top four was like literally off the top of my head within 30 seconds, and I didn't want to say Liquid just because, you know. I feel like if I ever support Liquid ever, it's like, you know, lightly biased. Yeah, yeah, just just a little so. bit. Did you? Uh, because th- th- there's a new fantasy thing, right? Like I know a co- I saw a couple other people who looked like they got they got the sponsorship dollars. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit of money to throw out a tweet. Hey, uh, you know. It's uh, it's better than any sort of like betting sponsor or anything like that, you know. It's true. You could win Dota Plus subscriptions, you know. I feel like that can't that it doesn't get more Dota player than that. So it's true. Yeah. Did you uh, did you get to watch any of the uh, series that were going on this weekend? Because there was the uh, I watched the winning series for Liquid. I or I watched the winning game. I was actually texting Blitz at the time. I was like, because sometimes we text uh, while watching the games. And uh, sometimes he's watching on stream and sometimes he's watching live. Uh, yeah. Just differing circumstances. So I asked him if he was watching uh, live or not. And he was like, yeah, I'm watching live. I was like, okay, I'm watching the stream right now. And uh, this is at the point where the game was looking real, real bad. But Liquid was holding on. And I was like, I had that feeling, you know. I was like, I could, I could see how the game was gonna turn. I was like, it's, it's gonna turn. And I was like, uh, I asked for spoilers, but uh, he didn't give them to me fast enough. 
right as he was about to spoil me, I saw the the last team fight where they killed the uh, two tundra players without buyback. So good job, Liquid. They uh, managed to hold on and win a tournament right before the major. So that probably feels good. Uh, we'll see whether or not. I mean, it obviously means they're in good shape, um, but. No matter what, it's like the Major's going to have some pretty big asterisk on it, right? Just because uh, there was another tournament that was going on at the same time. The Chinese Regional, which I feel like got absolutely zero press whatsoever. Yeah. Like, is it just me or did we did we officially go from the Chinese teams aren't, aren't here and the tournament starting? Like, it felt like there was no big announcement, and it happened very quickly. Does no press just mean to you that you didn't see it on Reddit, and, like, people weren't tweeting about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like, I... If it's not on Reddit, then it's certainly not on, like, other news platforms. This is know? This is true. I... I only heard that the first day was happening on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, sh-, I think, like, Moxie was tweeting, and I'm like, oh... Oh yeah, I should probably turn that stream on and see what's going on with with the teams. And yeah. I watch I watched the yeah. sec I watched the second day. I'm a okay. I'm I'm an RNG fan. Just wanna, just wanna, just wanna just wanna let you know that 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 uh for for the year 2022 uh, uh I, I, Joey is a Chinese RNG fan, and uh after after the first day of results, uh, were you an elephant fan last year? A little bit. <laughs> You're just following maybe around. Is that it? Yeah, I I, th- I think I think maybe, <laughs> and I, I I'm an ex Nova fan, which I said a bunch of times on the podcast too. So yeah, okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, they they didn't do so hot, and then I was like, ah, well, I guess I guess I'll just watch the finals, right? And so I I put the vods on, yeah. and it was unremarkable. PSG it was lost over pretty quickly. Yeah, P- yeah, PSG lost the upper bracket finals to Acer like uh oh two right, and then they come yeah. back to win a two one closer series against Extreme in the lower bracket final, and then just smashed. Uh, Acer and Acer in the uh, in, in the winners' finals. Like, they were like all thirty-minute games, and they were all they all felt really shadow shamany. They all felt really shadow shamany to me. Yeah, uh, LGD looks really really good. So it's always going to be like this uh, question of whether or not LGD would have won the major themselves. Um, I feel like they certainly would have been really good contenders to do so. Um, Unsurprising, I guess that I just LGD is always going to be one of the best teams heading into any international event if they can get there. Unfortunately, they're not going to be there, so we're going to have a bunch of teams without China. And um, right now, it's mostly looking like maybe Boom or Fnatic. Otherwise, a Western uh, Boom, maybe Fnatic, but it's mostly like Boom, EG, or a Western European team or Spirit, actually. That's kind of like your your favorites right now. Uh, no love for T one. No. 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 Me like if you're gonna I'm, back a, a team that's not boom, you probably back Fnatic. Gotcha. Um, but well, Fnatic has T one just doesn't seem to be clicking. I don't know. Fnatic feels like they've been struggling in in person events with with that roster, have they not? So I don't know. Maybe they can maybe they can break that up. Uh, I mean. Like in-person events, like what have we really had? You know, 
Like, uh, historically speaking, some of those players have done very well on LAN. And it, I, I feel like it is working, the fact that they moved DJ Jabs out of the double support duo. Um, it just felt bad having both of them in the support position, you know? You, you wanted them to be on different teams so they could play, both play four, ultimately. I think... After, after, so, so the group draws happen. There, there's two group stages, no Chinese teams, and uh, only one team from each group getting eliminated in group stage, which is, you know, almost like, why are we doing this? Uh, but the the group draws feel like mm, basically all the teams that I think are good are in group A, and group B mm-hmm. has, like, Liquid and Fnatic. And then make, yeah, maybe it's pretty interesting. Maybe yeah. like Team Spirit if they show up. Maybe TSM if they show up. Like I guess we're. I, I, I was a little bit warmer on Gaming Gladiators until they seemed to do very poorly in the uh, Gamers Without Borders event this week. Yeah the the reason why it looks so weird is I think um, Bet Boom and Spirit. You'd probably want to swap them. Um, or excuse me, no. That's not right. There was a t- there was a combo a combo of teams that I was like, oh, you probably want to swap them. Oh, I think it was Fnatic Boom. The fact that Boom is in Group A and Fnatic is in Group B. If you swap those, then maybe the the lineup looks a little bit more manageable. Um, there's also TSM EG. You swap those two teams, but ultimately it just came down to seeding, right? It's like. Okay, maybe the team that you fear the most on the international stage is the team that plays second, not first, you know. Um, so that, that ends up making seeding look really weird. I think um, ultimately, though, you know, th- this is just like people's gut read. We'll see what actually uh, happens when we go into these groups. Um, it's true. Maybe I'm against each other. Maybe I'm really discounting mind games and Thunder Awaken, right? You know, um, no, I'm fairly certain mind games and Thunder Awaken <laughs> are both going to be. Uh, maybe uh, Thunder Awaken might be okay, actually. Thunder Awaken, I think, is pretty pretty legit. I think Mind Games is probably not as legit. I do not believe in that roster. Plus, they're going to have to have stand-ins, um, which sounds like they're not the only team that's going to have to stand- have stand-ins. OG, there's a rumor that they have to replace Misha. Um, and if they have to replace Misha, they probably have to replace Chubosh, their coach, which would leave, like, Seb to stand in, apparently. Um, who else has Russian players? All of Bet Boom. Yeah, all, uh, some all Ukrainian of... players couldn't make it. Um, for mind games. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Team Spirit is still. They haven't been back in the country at all this whole time, so I think they're fine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Gaming Gladiators technically has <laughs> Russian players. They they because because Soleri's Russian, but I think that they've also not been in the country and probably unaffected. Celery is not Russian. Celery is Dutch. Oh. Duraccio is Russian. Hold you mix their five. Hey, you know, they lane together. You're mixing their five position and one position up. You know, happens. You're doing the nice thing where you're saving, but what actually happened is that I was just <laughs> dyslexic with the flag for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Those flags are same, same color, just different spots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Whew. 
so, uh, so we, we uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. I think the, the the group stage does favor some slower teams like Spirit and EG. The fact that only one team gets eliminated, um, and there are four spots out of seven, so a majority of the teams will go to the upper bracket. Um, I think that is a very favorable for teams that traditionally have slower starts to land tournaments. And I think the two of the biggest names that are most likely to do the best at the tournament um, are EG and Spirit. Like those two teams are notorious for slow starts. So we were uh, trying to do some math because we, for the first time in a while, have people traveling with our Dota team to like, you know, make a little bit of content and film some stuff, which is super exciting. But uh, when you're trying to book international events for not the teams like not the players it's always a little bit complicated because you never want to book a hotel room for the entirety of the event that's potentially wasteful for thousands of dollars right uh but also (laughs) if you only book a hotel room for like just the group (laughs) stage then you're potentially running out of a place to stay towards the tail end of it because you can't like Mm. just most hotels you can't just call in the morning and be like excuse me uh mr hotel can i have my room again tonight they go what the fuck are you talking about you have to check out go away bye um but i felt really confident telling our people uh that we would at least make it through like the <laughs> that we're not going to get eliminated in group stage. We could book the hotel yeah, for no extra days. I mean, that makes sense for like an OG or a Tundra or Beast Coast. But uh, you guys are the third most valuable esports company. Come on, surely you guys could shell out the the money to give get hotel rooms for the full event. Come on now. I'm just saying, man. It's a business, and like most most players. Unless it's like TI, and even then, sometimes still, most players leave pretty soon after they're eliminated from events. They're not looking to yeah. like hang around in a random country without access to play. They they don't want to chill, right? Like most people are just fucking out of there. Yeah, yeah. Most most Dota players. They, the only reason I think that a lot of Dota players stay for TI because the experience of watching TI after you've been kicked out is not good. Um, so I think a a big reason why most Dota players will stay, in fact, almost all Dota players will stay all the way through is because of the after party. Yeah. Because you got to start fiending for your next team. Otherwise, I think there would be probably a much larger share of players who would just get out of there as quick as possible if they dropped out in the group stage or something like that. So, yeah. So... Yeah, Major's coming up. Um, you're announced I'm officially, forward right? To it, but, you're, you're, um, you're like officially announced, like like you're, you're a person. Yeah. I can now say that you are going to the Major because there was a graphic with your face on it. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, for those of you guys who are wondering what I'm doing, I am casting the group stage, um, but they did not want me... The, they only have two casting pairs for main stage, unfortunately, and I was not in one of those pairs. Um, and they didn't want me hosting either. After a, two years of the DPC of hosting for ESL, they uh, did not want me to be the other host next to Sheever. So they are giving me a different job for the main event, uh, and I'm going to be doing some sort of late night show. Looks to be more like a wrap up thing. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 see. It's it's uh, what I'm finding out is it's going to be like a 20 minute segment at the end of the day, wrapping up the day. 
doesn't seem to be a whole lot of prep to it. So we're just going to be flying by the seam of our pants. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> Wait, uh, ESL pays you to host like yeah. for most of COVID, but like not yeah. this. Okay. I, and, and, and I'm trying to figure out what it's better? like. Yeah. It, okay. So my, my ego can take that, but what did cause why I was uh, annoyed by this is that the person who was replacing me is a person I love and I think they're going to do a great job. Uh, but the person who was replacing me has literally never done an official hosting before. They've stood in for hosting and they, they're they on the panels and they're going to be a great host, but they've never hosted before. How did how did I get replaced by somebody who's never hosted before? When I've spent two, and that just means they don't think I'm very good at it. I guess, like I host for you for two years, and then they're like, "Yeah, but the major's here, so we need somebody." You know, maybe maybe they maybe they want the excitement <laughs> of someone new, like like when Ti comes around and Valve's like, "Hey, machines here," or like it's DJ Weed, or like something like that. Maybe that's what they're going for is like that. Whoa, here's a person value, and you're ultimately more malleable than Shiva is. Is is that maybe that's well, the I'm, scenario? I mean, I'm fairly certain you can never replace Shiva as a host. She she is. At this point, tied in for hosting Dota events for the rest of time. So, uh, yeah, somebody was going to get replaced. It was going to be me. So, I'm still going to be working main event. I just won't be casting. I won't be hosting. I'll Only... just be doing some other event, some other thing. There's so. there's a 12 team like double elimination bracket. They have two casting pairs. Uh, yeah. I believe what so. Is, what is, so TI has a 16-team bracket or something like that, uh, and they have four casting pairs normally? Yeah, four casting pairs. Okay. So, un unfortunate. Um, we just weren't... I mean, I understand it if you only are doing two, that it makes sense that uh, we wouldn't make it through. Cinderin and Suns fan are more established and more, have more hype behind them right now. So, understandable. But, you know, getting replaced for hosting uh, on top of not being able to cast was was definitely uh, definitely stung quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah, that, that feels yeah, not very good. I, yes. I'm also interested. Especially like, since this is the first event with a crowd in like two years plus. <laughs> and I didn't cast TI main event. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like... What's going on, man? What what has been happening? Anyway, it's still gonna be great. It's still gonna be fun to go to the major. But I'd be lying to say if I wasn't like I'm. I'm not super excited for it just because the, the missed opportunity. I guess. Is this just gonna be like more motivation and more fuel for you to to like claw that spot back? I, I don't know, Joey. How much like how much more fuel do I need? Well, like I right, feel right, like right we're now, you, the gas tank spilling out here. Like you, you can't just keep putting more fuel in and expect to get to go faster. So, so, so you were like over. I already had the fuel with fuel. Okay, I was already fueled. That's that's fair. I feel like uh, this doesn't like necessarily add anything to it. Hmm. If anything, it's it actually like it, you know how like you can you, you if you pour fuel directly on a fire. 
it's the the liquid can actually cover out the fire, you know? Because it's the fumes that burn, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little it's a little demotivating, I'll be honest. But you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is, uh, and hopefully we'll just be able to get the ground running for 2023. That's that that is I have already like written out the rest of this year. I'm just like okay, you're gonna mulligan a full year. Next okay, year. okay, that's <laughs> just you know. You know, 2021 wasn't it. 2022 isn't it either. Maybe 2023 will be the year. And it'll be a good year. We'll really get the ball rolling. Uh, hit the ground running. The start of 2023. You're like the stock market right now. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> we're making our run downwards. So we, But we go, we're getting momentum while we're going down. We're getting you know, momentum so we can make to, a run back to up. swoop back up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put all of my, all of my investments into CAP, and we'll, we'll, we'll really go long on, on, <laughs> on the end of the year. Um, is there anything else? Right, that so I'm earlier, I, no, I, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. I, I want to talk about this whole Team Liquid thing. What uh, Team Liquid so, thing? Oh, so no. there was this post, this Forbes post, about the most successful, uh, the highest valuations in uh, esports company. TSM is at the very, very, very top at $540 million. Team That's Liquid over half is a billion. Third. Team Liquid's third behind uh, 100 Thieves at $440 million. So you guys got ranked third. What were you last year? I think now, I mean, surely you guys got beat out by 100 Thieves. Their, their stock went up 142% since 2020, accordingly. I think we were second uh, last year. And then I think that, I, I know that we're third this year. I think the mark was, like, to be a little bit bigger. But honestly, like, it's it's uh, it's still pretty good to be up there. Like, I, I, I don't look at that and feel discouraged even the slightest bit. And let me... I, I feel like we need to caveat TSM being at the very top with noting that TSM also owns Blitzapp, which is, like, the most popular um, third-party tool for League of Legends and now Valorant and basically, like, Riot Games, right? So so they are, ah, a, okay. a, they are a giant tech company in addition to an esports team, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Blitz stuff is close to half that valuation. Truly. Um, it makes sense. I, I definitely feel like Team Liquid is a bigger esports deal, um, so it was a little surprising to me. I didn't know TSM was still rated that highly. But uh, especially with all the stuff going on in the news. But what one thing that did get my uh, my eye about this list? It lists ten teams: TSM, Hundred Thieves, Liquid, Phase Clan, Cloud Nine, G Two Esports, Fnatic, Gen G, NRG, T One. Uh, and you guys who are just purely Dota fans probably don't recognize some of those names because they either are not in Dota right now or have never been in Dota. In fact, six of those teams are currently not in Dota. And I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. You know, or ever the, the have been, right? The 10 biggest esports. Uh, well, no, Cloud9 has been in Dota, but, but is G2 not But G2 hasn't. G2, okay, so on the list, 100 Thieves has not. FaZe Clan has not. 
G2 has not, Genji has not, Energy has not. So five of them have not ever been in Dota. So I think it says something about uh, like, these are the most successful esports companies and, uh, and over half of them do not view Dota as a good investment. And if you think about it too, like TSM also just squeaked in, just barely. Like that, yeah. that, that, that really could have been six going on seven uh, because yes. Cloud9 does con- did but does not currently have a team, right? So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Says, says something about the ecosystem. Says something uh, that like TSM did come into uh dota but i have to wonder like how good of a deal they got uh and also like how much of this like other drama that they have going on like they like i know their league of legends team is not doing well so maybe you know that they would behoove to try and get a better team in a different game and opportunity arose that they could get something in in dota like i I don't know but it's uh all all i know is that it it very easily could have been a, a big majority of the biggest esports orgs are not interested in Dota at all. Uh, I I think that uh, I would be confident that no one aside from Jacob at 100 Thieves even knows what Dota is. <laughs> you don't think Nate Champ plays uh plays Dota on the weekends? No. No, he doesn't I, do that. I, no. I don't. Th- I don't think he does. Shame. I think. I think that actually the most interesting team on the list for me that has never gotten into Dota is G two. Uh, I, I think really highly of G two in terms of esports competition. I actually, th- if, if I look at this list of teams, uh, the the team that I actually value the highest is is probably G two in addition to Liquid. I think that they are consistently winning in the things they choose to compete in. Valorant, League what, of Legends, mostly Riot Games. You're not a fan of scams like FaZe Clan. <laughs> you don't think that that Empire built off of NFT and crypto scams is? <laughs> Dude, FaZe Clan reported that they were like a billion dollar company when they were like filing those <laughs> IPO papers, right? And like the the math know. is not there, and they had to walk that back. And they're they are far away from a billion dollar company if you're to believe this Farge article, right? So, no, yeah. not really a fan of their business model. Also, I've heard a lot of rumors that they're just absolutely bleeding money. Um, TSM as a business, I don't know if you've read other articles this week but holy holy fucking yikes batman uh 100 thieves is is truly uh a, an a plus organization that is working very hard and i totally respect them uh cloud nine feels like they're in like this this, this like b tier spot where like they're constantly almost there but still have a ton of fans uh fanatic is big in europe but like uh eh. and g2 g g G2's the team that like i i really i really believe in <laughs> I also do like T1 and what what T1's doing. And and I'm glad to see them on this list and hopefully like stuff keeps on growing not just from their league success but just just across the board. Um NRG is probably the most surprising team on this list for me actually. Yeah, what what do they do nowadays? Uh do they own an Overwatch League team and like a COD team? I think. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they're one of those teams that have uh, drunk deeply it's, into the the Blizzard Kool Aid, and are now <laughs> very much invested in that success. Yeah, so so NRG. Uh, Let's go Overwatch too. 
And NRG just has the San Francisco Shock, which is a a fairly mm. large, probably one of the largest teams. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully Overwatch Two will uh, boost their position in this list. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those drops. You see the, the, the viewing numbers on Overwatch 2 day one and then like day two or three. It's pretty funny. There were so many people just there for the drops and then the viewership just plummeted. Overwatch League was not doing that hot either uh, from, from the numbers that I saw off of YouTube. And so, yeah, it's just... Uh, and also, I've been watching the game it really does not look like they've changed much. In fact, it's almost insulting the fact that they took the maps. I, I, have you watched any of Overwatch 2 yet? Only the slightest amount. Because I okay. was never interested in Overwatch 1 and it was hard for me to watch, right? So I've only been okay. I've only been curious about what's different. I'm not like a fan. I don't even want to buy it. I don't want to give them money. So I actually like watching Overwatch uh, streams, not Overwatch League itself, but I do enjoy watching the game. Um, and so I've watched a decent amount of Overwatch and watching Overwatch 2 is so fucking funny because it's, 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 it's in, almost insulting the map changes that they did. They changed the time of day on all of the maps. So now if it was a nighttime map, it's a daytime map. But if it was a daytime map, it's a nighttime map. There's a morning map, and now it's an evening map. And it's, it, it's so funny. That change is so funny because the lack of change anywhere else. There, there is so little change that is being brought to the game. They took away one slot, so now it's a 5v5 game instead of 6v6. There is a new character. There's, like I think, two new maps. Um, but like it, this is not a sequel. It is a patch that's what this is well like what overwatch is selling for tens and tens of dollars is i actually don't know how much it is but it, that reborn what the content they're giving out is a, a is less than the yearly patch that we get for dota every year and this is taking years for them to get to you. it's it's so it's so bad it's so bad. They're, a huge part of it is like the campaign, the, the co-op campaign or whatever that they're going to be doing. But the multiplayer experience is like fucking nothing. You know, you know when they announced this game? It was, it was the end of 2019. We were very rapidly Ooh. approaching three years of development on top of whatever was happening before that, right? Because presumably mm -hmm. they didn't have zero development when they dropped the announcement, eh? Yeah. It's, uh, I honestly, I, like, if I was a Blizzard employee, I would be embarrassed. I'd look at that and be like, we're selling this as an extra game? Like, what, what are we, 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 uh, EA? We're selling our yearly sports game? <laughs> like, what is But this? it's not even yearly. Dude, but, uh, man, I, <laughs> I struggle to think about companies that I have taken such a hard pivot on like I have Blizzard. From being yeah. someone who StarCraft truly got me into esports, probably gave me a job, gave me dozens and dozens of friends, and it was a thing that I played every day, and, you know, I had so much fun playing Warcraft, and I would watch Brood War, and I, you know, did dabble in Overwatch, and I played Diablo, and it's like, oh, look at look at this game. I, I played so much Hearthstone. I played so much Hearthstone. And now I look at Blizzard, and I go, I would never even give them a job application, not just because I think that they might be, like, morally 
totally incorrect, but also what the <laughs> fuck are they doing? There's, there's at least like a 30% chance that they engaged in some sort of sexual harassment. You know, it's like, uh, it's a minefield. You, you don't want to hire anybody from that company. Dude. <laughs> you want to keep shitting on uh, video game companies? Dude, I want I want I to circle back a little bit and shit on TSM a little bit more. I n- okay. <laughs> That's your bit then. I, I, I know very little about this. All, all I know is the CEO of TSM is bad. He's a bad person that's that's what that's all i know uh tsm reggie who is the owner of a majority of tsm he has not sold his company as he'll be very quick to tell you to outside investors which is why the number being the top Forbes spot is like genuinely impressive right there's no there's Mm -hmm. no giant outside investors there like there are in all these other teams eh? Mm -hmm. there's ongoing investigations not just internally but also from riot and externally to see what is going on in this company because there is just a large amount of uh, disgruntled employees citing mental abuse from uh, the higher ups like Reggie and my and then there was a there's a journal article this week that outlined some of the uh, lightly expose with with former employees uh, across the org and some of my favorite bits uh, were talking about um, employment law potential mishaps potential breaks alleged employment running affoulment with uh, full-time contractors Okay. which is which is not good and i think something that mm. might plague more than just uh tsm even if you take reggie out of it i think that there's a lot of people in the esports industry who want to get their feet wet who want to be in who are very excited from the graphic side to the team side to the player side and they take these jobs that are that are basically uh contractor jobs but you're working over 40 hours a week, but you're always on call, but you have a schedule, but you're expected to do all these things, which is not how contracting work works in general, but especially not in California, where we supposedly have very tight laws against this. So the fact that so many employees uh, were, you know, noting, oh yeah, like I was working, I was expected to work all these, all this time. I wasn't just a contractor. When you're a contractor for something, it's like, hey, Austin, I want to hire you to direct a project. We're going to film a video. It's going to be like a week. You might work like, you know, for, I'll, I'll pay you for like five days and then a six day to actually like do and film the project. That's a contract right like it, it's a short burst it's 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 like project-based work similar if you had an editor mm-hmm. like hey can you edit this video it'll be on a contract you'll you know we'll sign something it'll be this rate for this many days ish a contract is not you are going to work like a full-time employee and it seems like tsm is just like totally run afoul of this um and i don't think it's just a tsm problem i think it is a, a gaming problem yes that uh, is I, think, definitely I think it's a gaming problem. problem yeah yeah Mm-hmm. So I am actually uh, the most interesting thing for this article to me is probably how it is going to curtail out into other teams, other companies, other uh, tournament organizers, other outlets that are just uh, completely not respecting <laughs> the labor laws. And, and if that's going to blow up aside from the labor law conversation, some of the stuff about Reggie was actually pretty funny in the document, funny in like a fucked up way, like the way I think it's funny, like uh, allegedly TSM hired a new ed- head of HR and then uh, Reggie fired them two days later. <laughs> 
I was fast. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> what did that person tell them? To tell him that he can't be talking to his employees that way, and he was like, "All right, you're fired." Well, that's like the implication, right? And then Reggie went yeah. on to Reggie went on to the TSM subreddit to defend the being able to fire the HR person, but didn't touch on all the labor law violations or mental abuse violations. So um, I think... That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a horrible idea. I think that if you look at TSM uh, on this list of Forbes top esports companies 2022, one, something like that, TSM, I don't expect to be at the top next year because I think that they're going to have a rough year, mostly because of this drama. They are, they are, they are full sending the drama, and I think that as much as there is a little bit of like enjoyment from a competitor standpoint, and probably like good business for Cloud Nine, Team Liquid, Hundred Thieves, what have you, uh, overall bad for the industry when what is your most profitable and expensive team, uh, says Forbes, is embroiled in this kind of scandal. Yeah, probably. It's both like the good side of esports and the bad side of esports is like. You get uh, to have a bunch of young people very rapidly climb up a uh, a ladder and create things for themselves, and um, you have these young twenty to thirty somethings running multi million oh, dollar yeah. companies. Super cool, but uh, <laughs> lack of maturity uh, and experience may lead to horrible atmospheres like uh, like that. So, I mean, shout out to the ones who do manage to like actually have that kind of success and you know actually mature and create an environment that is happy and healthy for their employees while simultaneously creating an empire just imagine but, a player becoming a ceo like <laughs> oh i i mean i've encountered some of those already joey let me tell you my experience has not been great with players that become ceos it's not been amazing. Not had not been a good run of things. Can can I talk about uh, more <laughs> company mishap while while we're while we're on the topic of just you know I don't know yes. people people not running their stuff well. Uh, I saw I saw an interesting tweet. I should actually call it a Twitter thread. The, mm-hmm. uh, the the other day that that I liked and responded to, and I also uh, saw that you liked it uh, on on <laughs> on on my feed too. So I figured that it might be worthwhile to to talk about on the podcast because I do think that it that it's interesting. Um, do you want to? Do you have the thread up? I actually can't read it. Do, do you mind pulling if it up? If you're a Valve employee listening to this, please close the podcast now. <laughs> All right, we're talking about this uh, tweet from uh, Richard Gildreich. And I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but uh, he has a big Twitter thread. Um, and he said, uh, at one company I worked at in Bellevue, Washington, only one thing mattered, the yearly bonus. Workers would stab each other in the back and even push their own grandmother in front of two buses. Not one, two buses. Two buses. To guarantee themselves a fat loot bonus on envelope day. This is a very bad idea and the perfect way to run your tech corporation straight into the ground. Eventually, you'll be unable to ship new software or even maintain your current software. The employees hijack the entire company, even hiring to optimize for one thing, bonuses. 
If you want to see how crazy and mental tank people can get, start making the bulk of their income dependent on six to seven figure bonuses, seven figure bonuses, then tie the bonuses to some shadowy and illusory peer review system and watch the sparks fly. Nothing will get worked on unless it's perceived that it will be good uh, it will lead to a good bonus. The workers will thoroughly hijack the interview process to keep the competition from being hired. Workers will also time their perceived high value works to be released right before peer reviews. Programmers will purposely subtly sabotage key utility functions, methods, or systems to prevent their bonus competitors who rely on these systems from earning a bonus. Bonuses like this will completely change how you code and structure systems. An extra dimension is added to coding non-trivial systems in environments like this. You have to build your features so it's nearly impervious to subtly introduce deflects like this. Reusing currently working code can become a huge and expensive liability. In my book, the only solution, uh, if you're ensnared in tech corp like this, optimize for the largest bonus you can get two to three years, then quickly get out. You must get out before the stress impacts you so badly that many of uh, my ex-coworkers, it'll lead you years. It'll take years for you to heal. After 10 to 15 years working in a company like this, fighting endlessly for bonuses, you will not be recognizable to your former friends. You will be a total wreck. Money can't fix this. Holy shit, that was an indictment. So, uh, I mean, the company in Bellevue, that could be Microsoft or Bungie. True. His profile does say that or... he previously worked at SpaceX. Okay, that that's in Los Angeles, though. Ensemble? I That's a company? A company. And Valve. Oh, shit. It's a Valve oh, no. tweet? Oh, no. No, oh, no, it's, oh, a no valve it's a Valve tweet. tweet? Oh, Cap, it's a Valve tweet. I thought tweet. I recognized some of these things that they were talking about. Oh, man. I thought I'd heard about some of this before. Oh, man. I thought I was experiencing deja vu reading some of this. Ah, man. That's wild. What a, what a <laughs> bummer. Oh, no. It's a Valve tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not good people. Um, this, oh, Jesus. Th- this made me feel some kind of way reading it. I was, I, I, so I just, I, I, w- I just had brunch with a friend last week. I was getting back in the car. I was turning the car on, letting it cool down. Just scrolling Twitter real quick, and I, and I come across this thread, and and it, and I just found it captivating because obviously it's about something that is, you know, very near and dear to me, which is Dota by way of Valve, right? And it makes me feel some kind of way it makes me feel some kind of way because one the first reaction is like oh i'm happy that this person is like sharing this thing i think that it's probably something that we have lightly touched on i think that you know this is the drum that kyle beats off and i think this is something that people who know valve uh are are familiar with even though it doesn't get like a lot of press it's it's not easy or sexy to talk about and it's very shadowy but we have lightly touched on it right but to have someone come out and be like hey i think that this practice that happens at valve in terms of bonuses is not only bad for uh potential mental health of the employees but also the products that are getting developed for the company which for us practically is saying dota (laughs) 
it's it, it, it's just such a bummer to see it written out like this and to kind of have some things that you suspect, you know, I don't want to say confirmed because again, this is you know just a this this, this is a personal anecdote, but um, you know, it, it it feels like it kind of confirms a lot of things that I have in my head about what could potentially be wrong at this company. Yeah, yeah, I think it explains uh, certain development things. I have to imagine Battle Pass is a pretty good um, selling point if you're trying to work towards a, a bonus um, and you're on the Dota team, for example, being able to generate millions, hundreds, literally a hundred billion dollars um, within the space of uh, two months probably looks pretty good for a bonus. I mean, you generated a hundred million for your company, you know, that's a, that's a million dollar bonus, surely, right? Uh, I I have to imagine I I I laughed quite quite heartily at the the line that um, he he where he said um, th- that your friends won't recognize you anymore. I was just like Jesus. It says a lot. It says that it it like that being in part of that environment changes your your character, right? Um, and yeah, like that much money on the line. And, and that's, that's what uh, it kind of struck me is that like all the Valve people that I've ever met, uh, all the Valve employees, past or present that I've ever met, I've, I have enjoyed, I have liked uh, every single one of them. I don't think there's a single one that I've met and have disliked. Mm-hmm. Um, just purely off of the, the character and the person that like I got to know in a limited frame. Um, but like some of their decision, like the decision making as a whole always like makes me go like, what, what's, what the fuck, you know? Um, it's like, I like valve employees, but sometimes I don't like valve, you know? And, uh, and something like this, the system that he's describing would, would make certain kind of sense, you know? The line that really sticks out to me is the idea of them potentially sabotaging interviews and not hiring other talent because it could be competing with your own bonuses. That just logically tracks, right? Like if you're because at a certain yeah. point, if there's so much money at stake here, you are no longer potentially going what's best for this game, what's best for this company, but at some level, it's what's best for me, and what's best for me might be not hiring the best people or. You know, something that I have said often on this show, more people. What's stopping True Sight from being released? Is it is, is it not having enough producers or editors on mm-hmm. the project? What's stopping m- more regular uh, bug fixes to cosmetic items? What's, what's stopping name anything, right? It always feels to me like, like, the, like the bottleneck is, well, if you said more people. If you said more people, you can do more work. It's wild mm-hmm. how many people versus, you know, the size of the product that's here. And to think that maybe there's not more people because suddenly your pool of bonuses is going to get broken up, you know, 50 instead of 30 ways is a good reason to not have more people. Because it uh, you're making the same amount of money. It might not matter how happy or unhappy your clientele are because they're content enough with the thing they really like. So why yeah. why why bother getting those extra 10 people on board? Because it, it also makes bad. me wonder, uh, we, we don't really know what this effect is, but I have to question if like being a part of a stablet, because we've already talked about the fact that like, why would any like 
programmer who gets hired at Valve, who is obviously uh, is very smart and probably very good at their job, like why would they want to work on like an old decade old game? Well, that's even more incentive, right? It's like, wouldn't you want to work on like the cool new tech that like they're working on? Wouldn't you want to work on Half-Life Alex over Dota 2? Um, and then there's just like one more reason, right? It's like, okay, maintenance stuff or working on like an old game. Like, why would you ever work on Team Fortress 2? Is that, is anybody at the Team Fortress 2 team like getting any bonuses ever? Is anybody ever touching that game? Is Are they getting a bonus at all? You know, like, it, maybe it's possible, but uh, it, it is, I, I have to question, uh, wouldn't you rather just like always be working on the newer bigger product which also makes me wonder like how uh what happened with artifact and underlords then underlords uh, well is actually pretty interesting because i like that was a game that was like decently i think i think it was a decent game mm -hmm. um and it didn't ha it had like okay turnout whereas artifact like blew up uh in a bad way on day two day one I'm still holding um, my axe cards, baby. You don't you don't know when those things are gonna <laughs> fucking turn turn up. Yeah. So like Underlords, I think would actually did okay, um, but maybe they just found it wasn't competing well enough with TFT because um, it felt like they abandoned the project pretty quickly, you know. And I have to wonder if like this sort of thing is part of that, right? You release the game, looks good, but like, do you really want to stick around on that game? Especially if it's not headed in a good direction, uh, numbers-wise. Better just abandon ship quick as possible. Gotta get that bonus. Into, yeah, get yeah. into some other product. It, it just makes me more skeptical. And I think that we're already an above-average level of skeptical because we know a little bit about Valve. But it just makes me more skeptical about, you know, what is really going on. And... I think that part of the reason why this is also so interesting is just because there is such a deep infatuation with what really is going on. Like, I would kill for uh, for an expose or to be a fly on the wall in the office for a week. Just be like, what the fuck's yeah. happening there? Yeah, I I would also like to know. That's, that's like, why it's a topic that comes up all the time, because there is so much uh, secrecy shrouded in how... Like the people in Valve and what they do and say and like what their actual motivations are because this paints the the entire you put a bunch of programmers right because that's Valve saying is that they they want programmers and like they they take like the best people very smart people and uh, and then you put them in a system like this that incentivizes. Uh, political game theory you know mm -hmm. it puts you in some machiavellian type state where like all of a sudden it's no longer about like necessarily like the best uh programming that you could do but also the peer review system and the politics involved in that and being well liked and forming alliances in order to like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, sort of deal. I mean, yeah, I, it's very, I, very weird. There are a couple people who have gone through the interview process um, in Dota for Valve, I've, and I've heard about the the um, the hiring process 
and I, I heard something similar about the peer review sort of setup where it's basically like they don't have necessarily somebody from HR. They have like three random Valve employees and they just give you some tests and see how you react and respond. And then I think those three people then determine whether or not you move on to the next step. But how does that work if you're like just not a programmer? What, like Casey? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just get close to Valve, become friends with the right people, demonstrate your worth and your value. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But- I- I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot my shot here and say that uh, there 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 might be anybody who works in Bellevue or used to work in Bellevue listening to this and and if you want to talk to us, not hard to find. I'll yeah, I'll make it be, I'll make it you, as anonymous as possible. I I, I will. Richard get, Geldreich has on his Twitter profile FBI witness. You could put on your Twitter profile side pull podcast witness. <laughs> Or yeah, not really to be good. anonymous, like I, or, I, I, or not. I, 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 I will find the best deep throat filter possible to to have to have mm. a conversation. <laughs> um, God, I wish. God, I I could only dream. Think yeah. of the podcast numbers. We like Valve. We're just in it for the paycheck, baby. That's true. I don't even like Joey anymore. We just keep doing this for the $5 we get every month for Patreon. <laughs> he's, he, he, he's here to just watch my hairline go back and back and laugh at me. Uh, you said the magic word, which is Patreon, which if you want to support us, you can go over and do it. Patreon.com slash side poll. $5 a month. You can join the show by asking any question that you want, which we do answer at the end of the show. Like the one that cast pulling up right now. We appreciate all the support because it allows us to be a little bit more comfortable when we make the show and sometimes have like DoorDash a couple times a month, which is, I mean, who, who, who couldn't want that? Who couldn't want that? All right. This question of the week comes from Jacob Shapiro. Do you have a, a brother called Ben? Brother Ben? Hopefully not. Uh, f- for a very coordinated team, i.e. professional, do you think there's a benefit to stockpiling wards in inventory in order to place a bunch at once and exploit a specific timing? Or do you think a constant steady stream throughout the game just makes more sense? So I think there is um, there is something about vision um, that like vision begets vision in a way. Basically that you you can't just go blind and then go out there and place a bunch of vision um, maybe you could if you like smoked and your smoke stayed that way the whole way through. But even then, like eventually you're going to show on the map and the enemy to get some idea of where you've been. Um, the thing about vision is getting your wards down first and especially having those wards down aggressively usually gives you an idea of where the enemy places their wards, whether you see it directly as in they literally place a ward and you see them place the ward or you see their support walking through your vision with wards and then the next time they pop up you click on them and all of a sudden they're missing a ward you know then you have an idea of they have vision in this area um and if you deward that vision then the ward game becomes more and more in your favor over time 
Um, that's why I think gem is particularly valuable right now. I think we're going to see very early gem pickups, like pre 30 minute gems would normally you wouldn't see it uh, unless you're facing up against a bunch of invis heroes. You wouldn't see it until like 40, 50 minutes into the game. I think we're going to see a lot more gems pre 30 minutes because that is that is the point in the, of the game where like a lot of the game is won. Right. It's that 15, 25 minute marker. And with supports getting more gold than years 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 ago um i think it is worth the investment to actually buy an early gem you kill three wards you've made your money back uh, more than that because maybe you haven't quite made the gold up but you've gotten experience out of it and then on top of all the other uh unknowable things that have happened because you managed to take away the enemy vision you know i i think the the idea of having more wards for a certain time really only applies to maybe Roshan. And and by that, I mean, maybe you have one extra ward um, and you're focused more on warding one side of the map because you're doing Roshan. But I think steady vision is way more important. You gave an answer that's more eloquent than I ever could uh, because of, you know, your deep, deep, deep Dota knowledge. So deep. If, if I were to, 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 to say this as simply as possible, uh, I, I think that if there was value into stockpiling and mass planning wards, that you would see all of the best fours and fives in the world doing that more often than you do. Because the fact that I never watch Dota and can point out like, holy shit, did, did X Nova just put down like three wards at one time in, in a triangle? That is that is an indicator to me that if they don't think it's the right thing to do, then it's probably not the right thing to do. Yeah. I think there is something to be said for not placing the initial two wards, though. <clears throat> I will say that. I think um, placing the initial two wards, especially at the very start of the game, um, there is, I think, some game theory there to hold on to at least one of those wards and placing that vision, because that vision is going to be more important when supports are actually, supports and cores are moving around the map, right? Um, but if you have more static laning phases, then that vision is less important, unless it's specific to being able to win your lane. Uh, you, knowing when the support fucks off out of the lane to go pull or something that, like that can be very crucial um, to be able to, to win the actual lane itself. But I think overall, if you're in one of those more static laning phases, you've got some like DK, something like that, something you're probably not gonna kill, something you're probably not gonna kick out of lane, do you really need vision in that area? If you're the four position, like, do you, do you really need to, to ward for that area? Or can you save that ward and place it at five minutes in deep in the enemy jungle? <clears throat> Would you go and, like, maybe you take the enemy bounty room? If you're a four position you, and you take the enemy three minute bounty room that spawns, you place a ward deep in there. You could see the stacking that's going on. You could see the rotations that occur a few minutes later from the, the mid laner. That can be really valuable. Um, that I think is the only time we're holding your vision and using it later. Is, there is a clear value too. I don't think that I'm good enough at Dota to be able to properly convert on that. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> know your limitations. You're you're a carry player. Listen, you don't need to think about <laughs> vision. All right. You all you need Dude. to know 
is what creeps are safe, okay? You hit your lane creeps for four or five minutes, then you fuck off to the jungle, you make your way to the triangle, you farm some stacks there, and you really need to think about vision at all? Probably not. I only need to think about it when it's not apparent and it makes it scary for me. That's the time I need to yeah. think about vision. When it's like, and then and then very nicely be like, hey, I'm a little worried about farming over here. Can I kind of like get some help? You know? Maybe it would maybe it would be better if you did think about vision. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe all these carry players have too much free time to think about their item build. So they think about all the items they could buy that are not BKB. And that's why BKB ends up showing up at 45 minutes instead of 25 minutes because they were thinking about all of these cool items they could buy while they're sitting there hitting neutral creeps for minutes on then. Maybe, maybe we do need to give carry players something else to think about. Hey, listen, motherfucker, if I don't get my Maelstrom so that I can get my BKB by 45 minutes and excel it because then it's not a 50-minute BKB and you have no idea how important that 10-second uh, charge is. I thought you were going to say, listen, motherfucker, I need my Maelstrom so I can get a, a really good timing on my Battle Fury, which will turn into a better timing on my Radiance so I could get a 30-minute Midas pickup. That is the funnier joke. <laughs> If I don't get the most accelerated f farm items to get six slotted by 35 minutes, then we will lose this game.